Hey everyone, welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Bill. I'm Steve. Movies talk, so let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. Steve, how are you doing this week? Uh, I'm still doing okay, because we're recording this the same week. Ah, we're... shit! <laughs> Fuck! Um, well, I uh, I finished filming Me Out at Christmas. I've been editing it. At this point, if people listening to this, I've sent the film to the composer to start putting together the music for the movie. Mm-hmm. That part is, I can say, is new, because that's definitely going to happen. Um... And hopefully, it's a good movie. How much uh, music from Red Christmas are you going to reuse? Oh, all of it. Yeah. That's I, 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 I told Steve-O, like, because he... I told him going in on this that, you know, this is a cheap movie for 500 bucks. I can't pay him much. I am paying him, but not as much as he deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need a quick turnaround on this because I need this movie ready for Amazon Prime by December 1st. Mm-hmm. And, but in addition to telling him that, I was just like, look, you already did like eight songs for Red Christmas. Fucking reuse all of those instrumentals with lyrics both ways. And then feel free to take music from previous movies. Take music from Super Task Force. Take music from Captain Z. Take music from Kara's Hell. And now do it through a MIDI file with meows. Perfect. And he's just like, yep, let's do this. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> meow, 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 Perfect. Like, I if think... you know what song that was, guys, just let me know. If you know what song that was, email us. You just want a free poster. I'm not even kidding. Excellent. But you have to email us. Get emails at moviefilmsbillsteve.gmail.com! Yes. If you're listening to this and you don't know that, you're fucked. You're fucked. Sweet. Uh, uh, so uh, we let's had... talk about your week because we wanted to. Uh, we knew we were going to have any news for this episode since we're doing this back to back. So you were in Disneyland for game I days. I was in uh, Disneyland for two days and California Adventure for one day as the best way to do it, and especially with yes. California Adventure when you're with people because then you can just kind of go. You, know, you can take your time and you will still hit every fucking ride because most of that park is garbage. <sighs> Yeah. Excuse yourself. No. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the first day, uh, Disneyland, you know, flew in, all that stuff. The next day, spent the whole day at Disneyland, the whole Friday. It was excellent. That now, awesome. uh, the first thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about a couple things that I didn't get to do last year, because last year there was some construction work and a couple things were just closed uh, between uh, them putting up the Christmas stuff and then just doing some refurbishment work. Uh, so this year, I got to ride the Jungle River Cruise for the first time. Oh, sweet. Uh, that was very enjoyable, very fun. Uh, I, I enjoyed the queue for it. I thought that was really nice how it goes up and down and around. Uh, I thought the ride was fun. I do very much enjoy the dry, uh, punny nature of the uh, narrator driving the boat for the cruise, for the cast member there. That thing, that's really enjoyable. I, I really enjoy just the whole, I don't know, the the charming like fakeness of it all, of course. Uh, where else can you see the backside of water? Where else can you see the backside of water? I mean, I like how the, 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 the tiger are there. I like all the elephant stuff. I like the hippopotamuses. The hilarious effect of the piranhas. Uh, you get to see Trader Sam. That's Fuck excellent. yeah. That's excellent. Uh, so that was really fun. I had that, yeah, because I had just a whole little fun little ride. Good time. Awesome. Uh, speaking of water rides, I also got to... I didn't get a chance to last year to ride the uh, storybook... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, the Storybook Canal. Is it? I thought I didn't think it was Cruise Two. It's just um, I forget the name of it. Storybook something. Canal. Is it, I, I don't think it's called Storybook Canal. Let me find out. 
Let's do some investigating. Well, anyways, while Steve's investigating that, yeah, I didn't get a chance to do that last year either. So that was really Storybook fun. Land Canal. Okay. Okay, great. Okay, so I wrote the Storybook <laughs> Land, whatever, fuck, canal. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to call it canal. Storybook oh, canal. Now, now that I'm actually right, you're just going to refuse you to call it You weren't even the right. Name. You didn't have the fucking land part of it. Oh, but... I'm sorry that I was more right than you were, jackass. Yeah, I wrote the motherfucker, so kiss my ass. <laughs> Once. Yeah, once is all I needed to see. I was born on the canals. I I, I was raised I, by the canals. I merely adopted them. <laughs> I didn't see I didn't see a river. Where I, I didn't know that cities were a normal, non-adorable size until I was already a man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's how I felt about the ride. Uh, it was it was fun. The little story stuff. I like the cuteness of all the little miniatures. Uh, I wish I, I I would like to know what the what was on the ride before Frozen came out. Cause I didn't really care about all the Arendor stuff. Yeah, I could go. I could do without Frozen stuff. That is what it is. I know it is what it is, but it doesn't mean I have to be. I can't be tired of it. That's fair. I uh, one time I rode that ride with the Mad Hatter, and that's awesome. and he asked why Prince Charming's castle was all pink. And she was like, well, Cinderella lives there. He's like, right. But he owned that castle before she moved there. Mm-hmm. And it was a good question. It was a good question. Actually, fun fact, like the people on my, my boat for my ride, we're talking about that. Like, why is the castle pink? That's funny. It's really funny. No, I really enjoyed the You know miniatures. what? He likes he likes the color pink. There's nothing unmanly about that. Nope. Uh, in fact, in the olden times, pink was a man color. Yes, it actually, was. Actually, actually, sorry, a correction. It was a boy color. You didn't get to wear red until you are a man. Exactly. That, that's the correction there. Uh, but no, I like the miniatures. I like the little ride for it. I think it was just a cute little fun little ride. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, the ride that was interesting was I finally got to ride It's a Small World. Oh, sweet. And I got to do, and obviously it was for Christmas. It was all done up at Christmas. Oh, that's the best time to ride Small World because it looks so much more fucking awesome with all the decorations and shit. I didn't, I, I didn't realize just how much alterations they do to that ride for Christmas. Oh yeah, it's they almost go like nuts. they just go in there, they just take a wrecking ball, knock it all down, <laughs> it. It's that much extra shit they put in there. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, I don't want to ride that ride ever again. I like that, right? That's a that's a one and done right there. I can only hear so many times. It's a small world and jingle bells, and then it's a small world again, and then all this. I would like to write it maybe one more time when it's normal and not Christmassy. Actually, Rachel and me came up with the idea. It would actually the best way to ride that ride would be if there was no music, and oh. all you heard was like the special effects loops on the particular stuff, and then just the noise of the animatronics. Mm-hmm. That'd be the best way to ride that ride. Because that ride, instinctively, just looking at it, is creepy as fuck. Because the way the the art style for all the uh, all the children and all the other stuff going on in that ride, there's something really unsettling about it. So hopefully, I never get put in charge of that <laughs> ride because I make some interesting decisions. Uh, but no, I was glad I got to ride it. And actually, it was interesting because I was in line for it as the parade was going by. So I got to see most of the winter festivity oh, cool. parades yeah. for that. I, I like when shit like that just so happens to work out. So that was nice. Um, what else did I do that was new that I'd never done before? There's always uh, something. Like, I've been to that park fucking, like, 26 times, and every time I go, there's something new. 
Yeah, well, this last year we just didn't get to write everything. So, of course, uh, so, uh, Duncan River Cruise, Storybook Land, Canal Cruise, Boat Ride. Uh, it's a small world. Oh, rode the train for the first time. Got to see the cool, like, Grand Canyon stuff and the uh, dinosaurs and all that other cool stuff. I, I haven't got a chance to do uh, Rivers of America ride, but they don't have the Mark Twain running for that. They have a, the, the pirate ship or wherever the fuck it is running. Oh, that's interesting. For that. didn't, yeah. get, didn't get time to do that. Obviously, I saw most of Rivers of America taking the train. I rode the monorail for the finally for the first time. It's Got a monorail. Over to downtown Disney. Yeah, uh, went to, I went to Trader Sam's for the first time. That's I was super happy about that. What'd you think of Trader Sam's? That place is is, is great, and I was really happy that we went. We ran on four thirty, so we were actually able to sit inside at the bar and eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've um, never had to. I've never been forced to like sit outside. I've always at least been able to find like two seats. Yeah, I know. I have a lot of friends who live in that area that always post how, like, recently they posted, like, oh, this is the first time I've gotten to sit inside in forever. So I thought I was, I don't know. If, to me, I was like, oh, okay, really? I just walked in. I was if, fine. If you go earlier in the day or later at night, it's not a problem. Yeah, it's so it's I, the people that are complaining about that are the people that are trying to go there at, like, fucking 8 to 10. Like, yeah, no shit. Everyone's mm-hmm. awake. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and drinking. <laughs> Uh, so I really, I really enjoyed the inside. I love the way it looks. I like the whole fun aspect of the drinks and stuff. So like I ordered, I ordered the Krakatoa so that obviously they're like, oh no, Krakatoa is, and they did like an alarm and the, the, the fake like window things of yeah. the volcano turned red. It's, it's really fun. The it's interactivity so cool. of it. Rachel, uh, ordered a shipwreck. No, Rachel, no, someone else ordered a shipwreck and then I got that whole, whole bit. I bought, I of course bought some, uh, tiki glasses to bring home. Of course. Uh, they had the uh, limited edition, uh, hit the Hitchhiking Ghost from Haunted Mansion. They had a tiki glass of that. Oh! Um, so I bought that to take home. And I also, I, I ordered a Krakatoa. Because I wasn't sure what I wanted, so I, I got something just to get a fucking cup. And I thought, I'll try this. Uh, Krakatoa wasn't for me. I didn't really quite enjoy it. Too almondy. Almondy. That's but, fair. But uh, Rachel had already had a drink, so after <laughs> as her second drink, she said it was very good. So... <laughs> uh, but I did have a, a, a the only burger I had the entire time I was in California I had at uh, Trader Sam's and it was very tasty. Yeah, I like and Trader they had, Sam's. They had sweet potato fries that always gets a thumbs up from me. Enjoyed that. That is so my that favorite themed bar I've ever been to. Oh, for sure, it, it was excellent. I like how it's I like how small it is. Honestly, yeah. Like inside and even the patio area, I like how it's just nestled in between all the hotels. That's also def- that's the hotel I always stay at as well. So you got to see where I hang out at. It was definitely it was worth the walk over there. And of course, after going there, Rachel went and got the uh, uh, Dole Whip with the splash of rum. Oh, nice! And when they say splash, they mean splash. They do not put very much rum at all in that. It's purely for flavor. Uh, so she enjoyed it. She liked rum. Uh, so she had that. I got I got a Dole Whip. Now I discovered the Dole Whip. So you can buy that 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 uh, coffee shop and by the Disney hotels. Is like two times bigger than the Dole Whip you'll get in the fucking park. Yes, it is. That is one of my favorite tips and tricks to give to people when I know they like Dole Whips. Mm-hmm. I was just eating it like this. Is, I got to the point where I had to give the rest of it to Rachel. I'm like, I can't finish this. <laughs> like, this is way too much Dole Whip. And then when I got back to the park, I was seeing other people like, yeah, that, that's what I thought. It was like two times fucking bigger. Yeah. Oh, what else did I do for the first time? Oh, I finally got to do the Enchanted Tiki Room uh, show. That was oh, fun. Oh, you never saw the Tiki Room before? Nope, nope. I, I didn't get a chance to do it last year, so I did oh, this year. Oh, yeah, I fucking love that thing. It's one of, that is one of the OGs, Bill. Like, yes. that is that is super history right there. And then, uh, another thing I didn't get to do last year, which I was really bummed about, we just didn't have time for it last year, was Great Moments of Mr. Lincoln. 
Oh, which also yeah. has the worst mo- worst worst per- worst thing that happened when I was at Disneyland. I was at Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Guy three rows ahead of me. Uh, just kept taking photos the entire time. Didn't have the flash turned on, but definitely had the red dot and the noise on his camera turned on. So that was that fake like like uh, focus and then beep like when he took a picture. And he kept taking pictures during the audio, audio, uh, the animatronic Lincoln when he was just standing. He's just standing there talking, and every five seconds, beep, beep, beep. It's like he's not doing anything. Why are you taking photos? It was, it was ridiculous. He just kept sitting there taking photos the entire time. And it was very distracting and rather upsetting. A lot of people walked up to this guy afterwards and gave him shit. Uh, so that was that. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else like. I did different this time. Oh, uh, well, some things I wanted to point out. One, I had some of the worst fucking uh, Star Tours. Uh, oh, really? I got, I got the fucking pod racing twice. I got the fucking Naboo ending twice. Oh! I got... I, got, I, I never had gotten Kashyyyk before, but then I got it twice, because I rode the ride four times. Okay. Uh, I did, it was just... It was, I got... Overall, I was pretty disappointed in all, all my Star Tours. I was not really happy with it. And last year, I got tons of cool. I got, like, Hoth. I got Jakku, which I thought was a cool one. A couple times... I mean, this year, I got the Boa Fett encounter twice. But, man, getting the, the pod racing one sucks. I kind of like the pod racing one, but I don't like it twice. It's not... There's, it's, and on the tier level of the different stuff you can get, the pod racing and then the It the is bottom stuff, tier. When you go down to, like, fucking the Gungan City, and then you're crashing into stuff, it's like, oh, it was, it was terrible. I did not it like it at all. Oh, I'm in a sweet-ass spaceship that can go anywhere in the universe. Oh, it's just an underwater ride now. Yeah, because <laughs> I've done, like, Hoth was really good. I, th- I thought the stuff on Jakku from um, the Force Awakens, I thought that was really fun. Obviously, the in- the opening part where Vader is, like, grabbing your ship and pulling it all around, I thought was excellent. Mm-hmm. But I only got that once. Every other time is the fucking probe droid catching me but one thing i wanted to point out i never i did not know this was a thing i did not realize on indiana jones when you're going up to the the um the avatar and stuff that you can get different things oh you didn't know that i never i've never i've only ever got the fortune one where it's all gold and then like turns red and everything i never ever ever got the like you want to know the future you want to know your destiny you and see all, where it's all purple and dark with like speckle like speckled lights and everything now see for me I knew you can get different doors, but, like, the first, like, ten fucking times I went to Disneyland, and I rode that ride multiple times, I always got door number three. I always got the Visions of the Future one. Mm-hmm. I never saw the other two. And then finally, like, on my 11th trip, I finally got, like, two and then one, like, back to back. I was like, oh, oh, it's a miracle! And then I've never had that sort of bad luck ever again. So, your bad luck should be broken now. Yeah, all last <laughs> year was purely just the gold, the fortune one. And then this year I got that first, and then the next two times I wrote it, I got the Destiny Future stuff. Which yeah. when I first got it, I was like, oh, whoa, what is this? <laughs> I, I, I it's my blowing your first time! I had no clue that you can get alternate openings. I always thought it was just gold, and then blah, 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 and all that stuff. So getting that was excellent. I was, I was very happy with that. I wish I could have been in the Jeep for you for that, just to watch you fucking pop. Yeah, me and Rachel were just like, whoa! And then for the first time ever, I got to ride front in the front seat of, uh, that, of that ride. Did you get to drive? Yes, I was the driver. Yeah, were you in character? Uh, no, I, I was just uh, doing the usual, oh shit, fuck, goddamn, fuck, <laughs> as I was jostled around, because that ride uh, is not forgiving. It's not as unforgiving as the Matterhorn. That ride, I ever I ride it once every year, since I, you know, I was going last year, 
and I forgot how uh, very rough that ride is. Yeah, and how wet you can get very wet in the front seat, but you will not get nearly as wet as whoever's behind you. Right. Rachel was behind me. Was not very happy of how wet she got when we <laughs> went, went, went down because, of course, we go tomorrow landside, not fantasy landside. Right. Which is the better ride? Uh, other things, man. I'm, I'm going on here. Uh, other things I did interesting. I, I was happy. I thought Disneyland had altered Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, they did not. I, I thought they'd already altered the whole auction stuff. No, I, yeah, that's coming later. They haven't started that yet. Okay, well, thank God I got to see that because I was really dreading seeing that, but they, it was still the same old stuff. I appreciated that. Uh, let's see, what else did I write? Uh, the Pooh ride is still terrible because it's very clear they did not give a shit when they got rid of the Country Bears Jamboree. Yeah. Like how when you go into one room, there are still animal heads hanging on the wall. Which is it's awesome. Just, it's just, it's hilarious. you can turn around and it's just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, they murdered them. Boo, uh, <laughs> Pooh murdered these people. Fuck. <laughs> so that was good. Uh, as far as, uh, that was, yeah, I could do it. I've, I've done most everything else. I had to write actual, well, I wrote actual Space Mountain and Disney World, but I got to actually write regular Space Mountain again because it, it was a week before they put in the Last Jedi stuff for Hyperspace Mountain. So I had to write regular Space Mountain. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else at Disneyland I did this year that I didn't do last year. Mm-hmm. That was about it. I did buy one of the sketch things that the artists do, that the artists they have interning there and stuff. Because we flipped through the book, and I was very surprised on just how expansive their ske- their sketch catalog is. Like I knew they'd have a lot of stuff, but I was very surprised to see Song of the South stuff in there. Like they didn't have they had more like Briar Bear, Briar Fox, Briar Rabbit, but they also had like a lot of stuff um, from Rescuers and stuff. So me and Rachel got a McLeach and Joanna sketch to commemorate our trip, mm-hmm. and I bought an assload of uh, Park Stars figures. I got, I got Trader Sam and some other cool stuff. Nice, ex- nice. Ex- excellent. Uh, as far as California Adventure, yeah, uh, same old stuff. Yeah. It was really fun going through, again, uh, I'll talk about this, but at the end of leaving California Adventure, they're setting up because they're doing all like the reporter stuff for all the festival holiday festival stuff. Like Disneyland was really annoying the second day we went on, on Monday because they had like blocked off all of the castle for to have put up a stage and stuff because I guess yeah. Jason Derulo and other people I don't know who the fuck that was but <laughs> mind was performing and on top of that they had like when we first got there in the morning they had the entire like uh, Main Street USA blocked off for like television cameras to so basically like kind of record the parade and stuff it didn't it didn't affect us really at all so but that was a thing uh, but California Adventure I did the most of the normal stuff um, uh, they, they had the, the all the food carts put up for all the different food of the world and stuff. That was all really tasty. Tried a bunch of different stuff. Uh, I want to say, uh, at the end of the night, I was hanging out with some people from Game Days. And we, at the last ride I rode... Actually, last ride I rode was Little Mermaid because there was no line. And we, we, it was before we were leaving the park. But I rode the Guardians of the Galaxy Breakout. Mission Breakout, whatever the fuck it's called, that replaced the Tower of Terror. Uh, that was actually a very fun ride. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed going into like the queue area. You got to see like obviously Cosmo, Stormbreaker, a bunch of other interesting mar- Marvel artifacts and other stuff in the MCU. Um, you go into like the collector's office, and then you see like a cool animatronic rocket raccoon that was pretty cool. Like it's the only like ride in um, California Adventure that feels like a Disney ride. Mm-hmm. I know this is the same way as Tower of Terror, but it's like. You're, you're in a queue area that has stuff around you. You go into another room that kind of tells a story. You go into another area before you get on the ride. Like, it's it gives that immersion stuff that nothing else in California Adventure does. Right. That part so is I, absolutely true. 
So I really, I, I, I appreciate they, they kept that and stuck with it. And I think it had its own flair. And the ride itself is pretty fun. I had never rode it as Tower of Terror. Um, I got to ride it with Garrett Hunter, who the entire time just kept screaming, fuck, 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 fuck. Because <laughs> I don't, he'd ridden before. And, I, and from his describing of it, it does, it does way more ups and downs than Tower of Terror ever did. Uh, but yeah, every, everyone in the car was screaming and laughing, and I have to say, I I, I did really enjoy it. The, the the drops and everything were a lot of fun. That's cool. And with the music and all the the, the movie stuff, the movie stuff didn't look the greatest. I mean, shock. There's there's like they like I, have, like, I obviously everyone's everything costume like Batista's and the Drax stuff looks fine, but as far as like some of the CG work and stuff, it almost feels like this was that footage was intended for like a 3D ride. Mm-hmm. At times, but other than that, yeah, like I said, I, I will I will say that ride, as much as animosity I had towards it when they put it in and stuff, you know, whatever, It's it was actually a very fun ride. That's cool. It I, I do want to, I mean, again, I'm disappointed that they didn't just make a Guardians ride elsewhere, mm-hmm. um, but I do at least want to see the queue area because I do know that they put a lot of cool shit in the queue area for the Guardians ride. Like, there's, like, Atlantis shit in there. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. It's the only, yeah, probably I, the I, only I, Namor reference we'll ever fucking get. I really enjoyed, like, Cosmo, and I really, there's one, there's a case where Stormbreaker's in there. Oh, nice. Really enjoyed that. So that was really, yeah, so that's that that the biggest thing about California Adventure. Monsters, Inc. is still an embarrassing reskin of um, Superstar Limo. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun to ride Cal- uh, California Screaming before they, and, and do Disney uh, Midway Mania before, and I kind of just walked along the boardwalk, all that stuff there before they destroyed it all. Yeah, for Pixar Land. Oh, like fucking right. And uh, it's I, I thought I thought for at first it was interesting that California event. No, sorry, California Screaming was going to become an Incredibles ride until I found out it's a Dash ride. Mm-hmm. I know you know what kids love. Kids love other children from cartoons and stuff. That's a proven fact over years. Children definitely. Have no animosity or hatred of children characters and stuff. They love kids. Love kids. So we're going to take this one kid element from The Incredibles and change our cool roller coaster into a dash ride. Yeah. And then we're going to take all this kind of interesting stuff and just destroy it. As as Disney continues to try to figure out how to make California Adventure an interesting theme park. Yeah. <sighs> that poor park. Like I've said, I, I don't care for it too much i was really happy that the game day's outing was at california adventure because i got to hang out with a lot of people and it helped fill out the day and make it a lot more interesting because last year mm-hmm. me and rachel went there by ourselves by noon we felt really done with the place oh i did get i got to ride soren for the first time oh yeah 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 tell me about soren because it's updated uh, right it's soren yeah it's now soren over the world uh i um the first time we rode it we were on the bottom tier wasn't that great? Right. The second time we rode it with everyone with the Megacy Four groups and stuff after we walked over from the meet, first meetup, uh, we were on the we were on the front, so we were on the top when it all lifted up. Up there, you can smell the scents a lot better. We didn't get we didn't realize there was any scent stuff when we rode it the first time. Oh uh, yeah, I can see that. So you can smell like dirt and grass when you're going over Africa, and um, oh, there's a, a, a lot of interesting scents. It was really cool. It's really like big, and there's a lot, there, there's you know some moments where like oh man, I'm I'm definitely. It's not so much that you're high up like you feel like you're flying it's more like i'm definitely like 40 feet off the ground in this auditorium yeah and i and i could i could fall <laughs> right <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only thing that was kind of like oh which was interesting yeah but more importantly steve 
Uh, I, I I met Judy Hops. I've, I've met the character. The character is out. And uh, did you fuck her? And Liver Lips, the country bear, was out. Oh, sick! That's awesome. I know, and that's really great because he was only out the one day we were at California Adventure. And, and me and Rachel kept keep kind of updating and seeing what characters were out at the parks. Every park was lame as fucking shit. That was the only time anything cool was actually at a park. We got a photo of Liver Lips. It was excellent. That's awesome. Yeah, that's once in a while they bring out older or like less seen characters, which is always awesome. Well, and then if you go to any other park, you get cool stuff. Like we've talked before, how. Uh, Bernard Miss Bianca at like Disney Tokyo Sea and other type of stuff. It's 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 always just weird. Like what parks get what characters? They did when uh, my wife and I were there last time. They did bring out the uh, well. They've started doing it more often, but before it was common. They brought out these uh, Cinderella stepsisters, which was fun. Um, Mm. They did Robin Hood and Friar Tuck, which I never fucking see them. Yeah, I've seen photos of those, and I was always really jealous. They're a myth. (laughs) Yeah. Um. There was someone else that was in California Adventure that was really rare, but we didn't get to them in time. I forget who it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get to meet Oswald? Nope, never saw Oswald out. Oh, yeah, he's usually only there, but pretty much every day, but only there from like 9 a.m. to noon by his gas station mm-hmm. during those times. And then he's not there the whole rest of the fucking day. Yeah, I really, actually even then, I felt like the Oswald presence at California Adventures diminished since last year. I believe it, unfortunately. Like, even when it went, went by his gas station, there felt like there's way less merchandise in there than there used to be. Like, even last year. That sucks. Which I know they rotate stuff, but even then, it felt like that was a, kind of a departure. Because last year, that gas station was like, Oswald City. And this year, it's like, yeah, you have like a wall. Most of it was just selling different hats and ears. Like, it was like, and it's very, very diminished. It was weird. It's just a lot of weird stuff when it came to the park. Yeah. And stuff like, when it came to, like, obviously I like the Vinylmation stuff. Like, last year, there was a huge variety of different stuff. This year, it was basically all of last year's stuff still. There was still, like, last year's Park Stars, a couple of shops in Disneyland and California Adventure had this year's Park Stars. Tons of, like, last year's, like, uh, odd, like, weird series. But last year, even then, there was still, like, four or five other series that were around. This year, nah. It was really diminished. It was really weird. And they had this did this um, animated series where it was like these... It wasn't like the normal Vinylmation Mickey uh, uh, platform that was just art done on it. It was actually sculpt, different sculpted Mickey figures. Okay. I thought these were interesting. I didn't care about them. But this year for Rocco Bodie's uh, big blind box opening video thing he does every year, uh, because Park Stars came out so early this year, they thought these Mickey figures. So there was a group of like 40 Macy 4 fans all just going crazy gaga buying all these Mickey figures. And I was like, eh, it's okay. I'm not into that. I just wanted Park Stars, which was annoying because I pulled some stuff I wanted to trade, but couldn't trade it, whatever. The next day, I was at Disneyland on Monday, and I uh, was trying to find some Vinylmation stuff. I found out Star Command, next to Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters, sold Vinylmations. I saw the Mickey figures. They had a whole case of them, which is funny because, like, all the people at California Metro, like, went to every store and, like, bought everything they fucking had. I flipped it over and saw the price. I saw the price on these, Steve. These little two-inch Mickey figures. Uh, judging by your reaction build-up, I'm going to guess that they're like 20 bucks. They are. They're $18.99. They are the same Jeez. price as the Park Stars figures. Jesus. The Park Stars figures are to have an actual, like, art style. They're all, all... I mean, whatever. The Mickeys are unique, but... You know, they come, in, they come in a bigger box. The thicker boxes are bigger figures. That All the Mickeys come in the exact same small, like, the two-and-a-half-inch, like, Mickey uh, Vinylmation platform box. It's that size of a figure. Okay. Nine, 18 dollars Jesus. 
I was flabbergasted. Not only that, the price that, the, that all these people were just buying them up in troves to mm. do the video stuff. Like I, 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 I was thought that was deplorable because it's like sitting there right next, same size box, same everything next to the twelve fifty regular old vinylmation stuff. Not so much I thought they were. <laughs> then when I saw the price, I was like my my brain just blew out the back of my head. I was like, oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, what is this? <laughs> So that was uh, that was that was the an interesting experience, but I bought a ton of Park Stars, bought a bunch of vinyl. Mation. I love blind box stuff. That's basically all I bought. I bought a bunch of pins this year. They had um, they like some haunted. Uh, not that really so, so much got me. Um, I they had a, uh, a series of haunted mansion glow in the dark pins. Oh, that's cool. And they were cool, but I I didn't. They're blind box or the blind box. Oh, I hate but, blind boxes. All I wanted was the hat box ghost. And I, uh, I, the first one Rachel picked up was really heavy. And I didn't realize you got two per box. So we thought, oh, this the hitchhiking ghost one is a bit bigger. We thought that was it. Bought one, didn't get the hat box ghost. So I thought, whatever. Next day, I bought a couple more, I bought another one. Got two other pins. I didn't get any dupes, but I still didn't get the hat box ghost. Mm-hmm. California Adventure. I bought another one. Got two other pins. No hat box ghost. Still no dupes. So right now, that's a that's I, pretty I, impressive. Honestly, I'm three. I'm three out of four. I need to get the last box that has the hat box ghost and hitchhiking ghosts. We go to the uh, in, in Frontierland. There's like a, a pin trader shop, and we have the lady. Uh, Rachel's really good at weighing stuff. I call it her autismo powers. She's excellent at weighing super dumb things. So I had the lady pull out all these boxes. Rachel's picking them up, picking them up, picking them up. She's like, she's like, I think this is the one. I go and pay, open it. Boom. Hatbox Ghost and Hitchhiking Ghost. I got four for four. I got no dupes. I got the whole set. Hell yeah. Have these really sweet, kind of like oval portrait, uh, glow-in-the-dark ha- uh, Haunted Mansion pins. Yeah, those are really cool. They're, I think they're really great. I'm going to buy Lander. I'm going to wear them next year. I'm going to look super cool. Excelente. Uh, and that was about it. That was about it for the opening of this podcast and my whole adventure to Disneyland and California Adventure. Again, uh, I think... Before I went to Disneyland, I was always kind of like, I think I respected the park, but I didn't really, I was like, eh, whatever about it. But as, since I've been going, I love that place so much. I love how how much care and thought is put into a lot of stuff. You know, there's obviously some hit and misses here, hit and the, here and there, but I, overall, I think the entire experience is great. I want to say, I, I didn't talk enough about the food. I had a lot more f- different food this year than I recently did. They're the um, the Mexican place that's in uh, Frontierland. Mm-hmm. Around, around there, that place has the best breakfast. Yeah, I agree in, completely. Any of the parks. We kept going there. It's like, you want American breakfast or Mexican breakfast? Uh, go fuck yourself. I'm going to have Mexican <laughs> breakfast. First day I had this badass tamale. It was delicious. Next day I had chilaquiles, which blew my fucking mind. It was amazing. I got the lobster mac and cheese hot dog from the galley. That was great. Sweet. It was just, um, just an excellent, excellent year this year. I really enjoyed Disneyland this year. Um, I'm sure I'll go back next year. So there's there's Bill's Adventures in Disney Parks. Yay. Yay. So let's get to the thing that people are all, are tuning in for. They don't want to hear like a 30-minute diatribe about me spending lots of money on shit. <laughs> hey, hear I'm always down for Disneyland talk. That's true. And I did want to say uh, one last thing. I went to Game, game Days Day 1 was the Macy's 4 panel and stuff. They had a uh, fatal farm there. Uh, the people responsible for the lasagna cat videos and, of course, all, like all the Terry Crews uh, Old Spice stuff. Since the, since it was handed over to them from t- uh, Tim and Eric, uh, but cool guys. They went through a lot of the production process and like how they made the uh, five hour long sex sur- sex survey response video. 
Oh, yeah. Which, just how they made it and the automation and, like, everything they did to make that thing blows my mind. Jesus. So just hearing them kind of talk about the process and hear how, basically, the actor played John, they basically, uh, when it came to the, the survey responses, they took the first 1,000, mm-hmm. and that's what they did for the video. And so they spent, like, four or five days of the actor, John, just saying the names of the responses, like, just went through all 1,000 of them, and then through automation and, and After Effects and everything, they put the entire thing together. Jesus Christ. It's just insane. Insanity. Uh, they brought the hat, they brought Lasani Cat out there. I also got to wear the Lasani Cat hat. I saw that. Um, that was pretty sick. Uh, that that made my entire entire trip. Honestly, just the fact that they they brought all that stuff. They also auctioned a bunch of. Uh, these guys also are the ones who did the um, ro- ro- did the ex- the rape scene for the RoboCop remake film. Oh where yeah, the, RoboCop's just like shooting like a hundred dudes in the dicks. <laughs> Uh, they brought like four or five of the. Oh, they brought three. Sorry, they brought three of the exploded dick uh, apparatus and like shadow boxes and and like raffled them off to people. <laughs> so like Jason Cryer and a bunch of people got these gigantic shadow boxes of just an exploded silicon dick in the middle of it. It's amazing. It was it was pretty incredible. <laughs> people were going nuts for that shit. It was awesome. And then uh, Keith Apicary, Nathan Nathan Barnett asked Keith Apicary is there. Uh, it was fun. Just you know, good times. Good times. Okay, okay, now we can finally move on. I'm so sorry, everyone, for hearing about my vacation stories. How fucking dare you? How dare I talk about how great Disneyland is. Star Wars Land coming soon. I'm looking forward to that coming there. A, because I do want to check out the place, but B, the rest of the park will be empty. <laughs> so it'll be really, really convenient and nice. And I'm sure that Disney will not jack up the prices at all. No, no way. No. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? Well, this... Today, this week, uh, before we head into December, we're finishing up DC Cucked Month by talking the most recent uh, DC Abomination mess, <laughs> a, a, a critical failing of a film that is Justice League 2017, PG-13, two hours, directed by Zack Snyder, fueled by his restored faith in humanity and inspired by Superman's selfless act, Bruce Wayne enlists the help of his newfound ally, Diana Prince, to face an even greater enemy. Uh, so, Steve, let's just hop on in here and start discussing this film. Uh, what did you think of Justice League? I really enjoyed this movie. I I liked it a lot. It, um, without getting into hyper details, uh, it is a film that I kind of had expectations for, and those expectations were fulfilled. Um, I genuinely cannot think of another superhero movie that made me pop as much as this movie did. There's a lot of things that made me go, holy shit, that's amazing. Um, just as a fucking little DC cuck fanboy. <laughs> um, there's a lot of really great sequences. There's a lot of good character moments. Um, I thought it was a good bring the te- bring the band together sort of origin film with this. Yeah. I liked how they did it a lot. Um, it's definitely a totally different way of doing it than, say, what Avengers did. And uh, I don't think either way is better or worse. I think this is a different way, but I think this is a way where it really worked. Yeah. To me. Um, I thought that the pacing was a little fast. But for me, it wasn't bad. But it was definitely kind of a breakneck speed pacing. Mm-hmm. And um, I think apparently uh, some of that's on Joss Whedon himself. And some of that is on Warner Brothers super mandating a two hour runtime no matter what. Yeah, this is definitely a case where uh, thirty minutes would have really helped this film out. This film needs even fifteen, even fifteen. 
honestly. Mm-hmm. That I think 15 minutes alone would have done a lot to help the movie, like, not feel as breakneck speed. Mm-hmm. I think, for me, uh, with this film, I kind of want to start with the negatives I have with it. Okay. And then, then move into positives. Because there's, there's a lot of positives, but I want to get the negatives out of the way. Because ever since, it's one of those cases where I saw the film, I felt really good about it. But then it's one of those cases where, of course, and everything. Where after you leave the film, you're thinking about it, you're you're kind of digesting it more, and you kind of settle where you think you're at on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I left the film, I felt rather forgiving of a lot of the CG problems. Mm-hmm. But it's hard, it's, it's really, really hard to forgive a lot of the CG problems this film has. Uh, I keep feeling like I've missed out, because, like, there were some CG problems, but the way everyone talks about it, like, what did I miss? Uh, Cyborg looked awful. I thought he ended and up And there's plenty, of, there's plenty of times where he, it could have been just pros, pros, prosthetics on his face. Mm-hmm. Like, when he's wearing the tracksuit and everything, that didn't need to all be CG. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought a lot of, there's a lot of action pieces, there's a lot of set, like, just even, um... Like, people standing in the backgrounds. I, I, I shit on Thor Ragnarok for this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Justice League some shit. But I will say, Justice League is this way because of necessity, because of the reshoots. Mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok had bad shit just on, just because I don't want the whim of the director wanting to change some stuff. Right. And that caused some pretty wanky CG. This one, it's like a lot of the backgrounds, like, you can almost see the, you can see the fuzzy outline of them on top of the blue screens. Like, they didn't properly have enough render time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, I, I didn't notice it so much, but obviously some people have talked about them having to edit out, uh, Henry Cavill's mustache. Yes. Uh, I feel like it was only noticeable during the cell phone opening. Uh, Steppenwolf looked, looked bad. I think he, that one I could see, but I think he at least comes and goes. There are times when I do think he looks good, and then there's other times when it's just, just bad. Just bad, bad. Bad, bad. And there's, I, I can't quite find a justification why Steppenwolf couldn't have been a real actor in, 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 in makeup and stuff. Yeah. Make his body it, CG, but his face a dude. Yeah, the actor that played Steppenwolf did the voice, uh, Karen Hens, you know, sorry, Sierra Hines, I think is that. He's a, cool, he's a cool character actor. I've seen him tons of stuff. Like he played uh, the devil in like the Ghost Rider films and stuff like that. Oh, they should have yeah. got him Peter Schremer. <laughs> True. Uh, he's a cool looking dude. Just like I think he has a good voice. I think his voice work is excellent for Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. But it's just it almost looked like they took they had like a the C, CG models for Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah, and kind of edited it a bit and made made some more wrinkles. It almost looked like Liam Neeson the entire time. And I don't know. It just it didn't. I just don't think it looked very good. I thought the Parademons looked fine. I but I I, I think they could have had a, some more render time on them. Mm-hmm. And I think the, I think there's a negative effect with it because they are very Chitari. Yeah. From Avengers, so you almost kind of run into the same problem where this film is almost Avengers Avengers like. There's a big blue light in the sky. There's MacGuffin cubes. There is, but uh, when I, I definitely saw that similarity, and that is a fair like criticism for people to bring up. But I mm-hmm. do think that the whole alien invasion was handled way better in this movie than in Avengers. Generally, I mean, it wasn't just a giant space portal. In this one city, on this, like, this five blocks. And that's yeah. it. I thought, I thought it would fine. Like I said, like, the uh, adaptation of the Parademons is perfectly fine. I just, it just, I think it suffers a bit from, like, this particular version of the Parademons they're going with. Mm-hmm. Making them very insect-like. Yeah. I think it just kinda, it, it's kind of a negative thing because we've had so many recent superhero films that are similar in that fact. Yes. But just, I mean, 
Yeah, Steppenwolf CG was really rough. And this, uh, there was a lot of... I mean, this is all over the film. It's hard to pinpoint scenes. Like, there's tons of times people are talking, some of the action set pieces. Like, you, it, they, they look a tiny bit better than the trailer. The trailers looked really bad, like a PS2 game. Mm-hmm. And there's many moments in the film that look like a PS3 game. <laughs> well, hey, they, they updated. Like, I don't want to say they're, they're as dog shit as some of the trailers were, like, but... It, as the as by the end of the film, I felt like I I really wish they would have just released this film next year. Mm-hmm. I think they would have had a much better product as of that because they could have a had more time to make sure they weren't rushing all the reshoots and rushing all the stuff. Then maybe they can get Henry Cavill back where he could he could actually shave his mustache, right? And all these type of things, and then they could have a much more visually interesting looking film because mm-hmm. i i because they're they're almost there they're like uh, they were films. they were almost there yes that's like, a very I, important I thing think, to I say think, i think it looks really good but as far as like it's just not the quality as i i think it should have been mm-hmm. i think it, as far as like i guess production design and like the quality of filmmaking as far as quality of presentation this is easily the worst in the entire dc universe i think even with all the problems suicide squad had i think it still comes out looking as a better, better finished product than this film did. Okay. And I thought up until that point, that was a kind of the roughest one. Like I thought there were some moments in Wonder Woman, but I think overall, like the finale didn't look that bad to me. Mm-hmm. I think it sometimes looked kind of video gamey, God of Warry with her fight with Ares. Yeah. But, but overall, over the overall, the rest of the film was fine. The problem is like the entirety of Justice League has issues because because of the necessity of a wanting to get this release window. And being such an effects-heavy film, yes, it is very. I, um, but with that, I want to. I want to say, like the fight with. Uh, um, okay, obviously, spoilers. We're always spoiler talking, but I want to make sure to talk about this because it's obviously a very recent film. The fight with Superman. Oh, fucking love that! Scene. I thought that all looked good. I thought the uh, as far as like most of it, like uh, the whole encounter of Steppenwolf and the Gotham Harbor. I thought that looked pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, I thought every time the Flash was kind of running out of moving, I thought it looked pretty good. I never had any. Yeah, I didn't have. I didn't notice that. any issues at all with the Flash, and especially maybe because they took the extra time with that. Since everything's moving slow, you can tell. And maybe a lot of those elements were not part of the reshoots, so they could just keep it as it was and add that more time to render it. Mm-hmm. The, I guess sometimes though, like a lot of the final battle stuff was shown in early trailers, and it didn't look any better. So I was just really curious about what resulted in like I. That, I if I if it was up to me, I would I would love for Warner Brothers to make a behind the scenes thing from this DVD release and just talk about it. Yeah. Just be upfront, talk about the issues, talk about like what the timeline was, talk about because I think there's an issue. I want to know. I mean, I I think I want them to be upfront and honest about what happened here, like what what they felt they needed to change. I don't know if there's going to be like an extended cut or Zack Snyder can get more time to give an actual director's cut of this film because like you saw it before. With Richard Donner and Superman 2. Like, or was it Superman? Superman 2, yeah. Superman 2 has the Richard Donner cut. Where, like, obviously, like, halfway through filming that, they took it away from him. Mm-hmm. And only years later did we get his cut of the film, which was his vision of Superman 2. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, it's, it's, there's a precedent for it, obviously. Where we can get different cuts and different interpretations of the films. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I doubt that will happen. But I would like it to happen. Yeah, that'd I, be cool. I just want to see yeah. what was uh, meant to be there. Apparently, Zach himself hasn't even seen Justice League yet. 
So yeah, as far I, as I know, I want to watch the movie with him. As far as I know, he'd only seen his original uh, uh, work print. Yeah. Before they do the reshoots. Um, so yeah, the negative obviously that's I think it's everyone's biggest takeaway was kind of the the badness of the CG. Mm-hmm. I, I I tried to mention some of the parts I thought was good, and then I think. Another negative for me was there are there are several times in this film where you can uh, r- know right away that 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 this is a Joss Whedon element. Mm-hmm. Um, I my biggest problem with the film is uh, uh, Barry West. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's I will say that is a uh, negative, but not enough for me to like hate it. Because, I don't hate it. Don't get me wrong. When I say this stuff, it's not me hating the film. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, I I liked the Flash in this movie. Mm-hmm. But that is definitely he should have just been named Wally West. We we said that from the beginning, from the early trailers when he was kind of talking, like the early thing when Bruce throws the battering and all that talking all that stuff. I'm like, oh, this is Wally West. Is They're just, just Wally. calling him Barry Allen. Yeah. And I get that this is a this is young. Uh, I guess young Barry Allen and, and stuff, and maybe he's going to grow into it more. But like so much of his Barry's character... always been Barry. This is just yeah, Wally. I know. I, I'm just trying to make justified a bit, or maybe we can get a bit more serious Barry, and then and I'm going to do Flashpoint or whatever. I uh, like there's so much of his, he, he he in particular. A lot of his a good amount of his stuff felt going on very meta y, like that very Joss Whedon like dialogue. But I do, um, based on the early trailers and stuff, that at least seems like something that's always kind of been part of his planned character. True. I, I'm curious to know. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, I, I, there's I, some moments, like, I can, I can, I think there's a, le- a line where it's like, I think this is fine, but then there's a moment where, like, there's like a ticking meter, like almost like a polygraph with the needles going up and down. And sometimes I think it's in a fine level, but sometimes it steps over. Like, there's a lot of, uh, Kind of the romance stuff they added between uh, Diana and and, and uh, Bruce. I mean, I know some they're, people pop for that that are just very, <laughs> very big Diana Bruce fans. Then there was some just some like lines from Bruce during the film that I, I now don't get me wrong. I know Batman and Bruce can have moments of levity and have moments of, of uh, some comedic moments, some uh, lighter moments. There is just sometimes the the the, the lines. Felt a bit much. Like, I, I, not so much um, that it was ruining the moment. I will say, like, after harping on Ragnarok so much, this film had comedy, but it didn't break the, it didn't, like, ruin tension. It, it never ruined, leave. yeah, it never ruined tension. It was never too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It always, it always helped, like, uh, add, like, a, at a, at a, at a moment to where you can kind of, like, uh, add some levity to scenes. So, and, you know, and I think the tone of the film in general never was trying to go... Which this is also kind of a negative for me. I, I felt the the tone of the film didn't take itself too serious. Okay. I felt I, I this is okay. Uh, this is the best thing I can term to describe it. The movie felt very comic booky. Mm-hmm. Now that's not necessarily bad because I appreciate this film's dedication to just going for it. But it's like you have this big, almost kind of doomsday level of you know, these cubes are destroying this area. Like, we don't stop this bad things could happen. I feel like there's a bit too much... Like, I don't feel like they're taking it too serious at times. There, at times, I agree, for sure. That, that's what I'm getting at. At times, I feel like there's a... Like, overall, I feel this film is an interesting tonal shift from Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. And I understand that I think... I, I, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling with that because part of me feels like, oh, maybe this is an interesting progression. But I think they they shifted the needle too far. Yeah. I feel like they could have they could have a lot of hopefulness and kind of uh, more light attitude without going too far. I'm not saying this is in like Avengers Marvel Joss Whedon territory. No goodness, I no. Is, I think this is pulled back, but I want I really feel like some of that is because of Whedon, mm-hmm. for sure. In my, my opinion, I could be totally wrong, but I get that I get that feeling a lot in this film. Yeah, but it doesn't. I mean, there's plenty of fun moments like. There's, I don't know, no, um, as far as, like, funny moments, like, early on in this, like, in the Battle on the River, uh, um, Barry says, oh, he looks, he's really tall. And then when he, like, Sepmulf is on top of Batman in, like, this mech, he's like, oh, he is tall. He is tall. <laughs> like, there's some funny, like, oh, shit moments yeah. there that are pretty enjoyable. I don't know. So, that, that there's that for me. I'm, I think I'm almost done with my negatives. Uh, yeah, the film could have been longer. That was definitely one of them. I'm trying to recall a bunch of stuff. And I think that's about... Oh, eh, that's right. Cyborg. Cyborg could... Like, that 15 minutes, could, a lot of that could have been dedicated to Cyborg. Yeah, that would be my main criticism. Cause I feel like they... Let's go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to... Like, I ended up liking Cyborg more than I thought I was going to in this film. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change that he's still very, like, underused. Yeah, I, I think they do enough... Because this film is going in it with, like... You've already know you already know Superman, you already know Batman, you already know Wonder Woman. We're gonna use this film to kinda of introduce you to these other characters so you can go off to their own solo films. And I thought they did a pretty good job of very quickly getting you up to speed, pun intended, on, on Barry Allen, uh, you know, getting everything with uh, Aquaman set up. Yep. And then but Cyborg just didn't didn't feel like they gave him enough time. Mm, yeah. That I definitely it, super agree with. It's a lot of oh, I'm broody, I gotta do this thing. Like he was just kinda of there. And he was I thought the actor looked good in the, as the part. I liked him in the part. I liked his voice. Yeah, I liked his but look. As far as like range and performance, it was a bit, um, it was a bit lacking in that department. Mm-hmm. But how much but is that, how much is that on him, and how much is that just on what this film is? Oh no, no, I'm sure a lot of that is in that script area. I'm, just, I, I don't know. I don't know too much about Ray Fisher, but I, I felt like watching it, it was fine. Like he could be fine. Like I think they could, they gave him a bit more material. He could be better. Yeah. So I hope um, when they do a solo film or whatever they do with him, they could they do want to go Teen Titans or any of that other stuff. They can do some more stuff with him. I liked by the end of the film he actually got his actual like normal cyborg outfit. Yeah. Too bad the rest of the film his costume wasn't the best. Yeah, it is what it is. But I agree completely. I and he's I know, too and hollow. It's just the main problem. Yeah, that too much of that angular weirdness. It does. This doesn't work. And it's again that kind of thing. Like, you couldn't have just done a suit. Yeah. I mean, his suit isn't that much different from some of the fucking suits George Clooney was wearing in Batman and Robin. Right. Or or even or even Arnold as Mister Freeze. Yeah. I just uh, I, that, that disconnect there. Like then you could just do effects for his like his sonic cannons and all that other stuff. Like it's it was weird. Mm-hmm. So that's most of my negatives. Uh, the weird middling area, which I think we've you know I kind of talked about beforehand. Just how much stuff from the trailers didn't end up in this movie? Yeah, someone did a huge Twitter thing where they literally just posted every single scene from the trailers of just like I was robbed. Where are these scenes? Where are these scenes? Just? It, it it was it was pretty bad. In Suicide Squad. It's worse here. Way worse. Uh, like all like I thought waiting for like a flashback moment with um with cyborg about how he got his powers because we kept seeing stuff with him as playing a football 
him doing other stuff that clearly led up to what causes him to turn into Cyborg, never get that flashback scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, for honestly, I, we could have had a scene where Barry got his powers, like a small flashback thing, didn't get that. I mean, I, that's not in the trailer, but that's what I was thinking of. Uh, I mean, uh, Cyborg having the helmet, like, weird, like, mask thing, that's not in the film. I uh, I think there's a completely, like, there's, I think even the um, Superman standing in the cornfield talking to Lois... Like, in the trailer, there's always the line, like, oh, you, you said yes. Like, he's talking about the ring. Like, she's wearing it. That line's not in the film. Nope. That entire scene is cut completely differently than how it was presented in the film. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, in the trailers. Uh, yeah, I knew what you meant, yeah. Yeah, Superman coming up to Alfred in the cars, not in the movie. Like, there's so many different things, to, even to how it would play out in the film, that, again, I'm like, what was this supposed to be like originally? Right. You know, because, like, they're in a pitch-black area when he's coming to Alfred. That would, would imply he's nowhere near, like, all this weird red hellscape that's <laughs> going on with Steppenwolf and everybody. Right. So, like, what was this supposed to be originally and stuff? I'm fascinated by that, Steve. Like, I'm sure, like, this is one of those cases, like, ten years from now, there's going to be, like, I don't know, like, the like uh, the producer's cut type thing of Halloween 6 or um, the Renegade cut for, like, Highlander 2 or... Uh, what's what's the one for Alien 3? Um, oh, yeah, they like the producer's cut for that. But there's, like, a weird name for it, you know? Like, there's the, the final edit. There's some type of thing. Like, that's one of... This, this movie's definitely those case. Like, there has to be another cut of this film or at least some way to get more information about what they originally wanted to do and why Warner Brothers wanted to change all this stuff. Right. Because I'm really curious. Cause I, 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 I left the film feeling like Zack Snyder's vision was uh, not not in full form here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt that way. I know you really liked this film, and I, I, I'm sure I'm I sounding really, like I hate I really film. liked it, but I'm also curious what was changed once Zack got off the film. It it, it, it does feel like a compromise. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think that Justice League was always supposed to be a much brighter film. I do think mm-hmm. it was always supposed to be... I do think the like main... Zack's had something in his brain where, like, Man of Steel was Act 1, Batman v Superman was Act 2, and Justice League was going to be Act 3 of this story. Mm-hmm. I always felt that, but I do I do agree that I do think Zack's original vision was definitely compromised. Because this film almost... I hate this term. It almost <laughs> feels too, too, too safe. Yeah. I didn't feel like they were really pushing anything. Like, I think a lot of the reasons I think people hated the previous Zack Snyder films was... It's because he was just doing a different presentation of these characters. And I thought they were perfectly legitimate and well-established in the comic book interpretations of these characters. And they're just not meeting the iconic uh, population idea of what these characters should be. And I think that led to a lot of people not liking the films. I mean, Batman Superman was also... It had issues because it was edited weird and a lot of stuff was cut out of the film and not a lot of people have seen the ultimate cut. Mm Mm-hmm. Which may, you know fixes the entire experience, but you know it just, they were doing things on their terms. Like Warner Brothers, like these are our movies. We're gonna, these are how we're going to do our presentation, and this is what we're going to do. And that's Zack Snyder's vision. And after all the critical backlash to stuff, some like the fan backlash to stuff. After Woman Woman doing so well, which I didn't, I never felt like Wonder Woman was a compromised film. I felt like that was true to itself and told its story. But people thought that it was more light, and so I think Warner Brothers did... When we talked about course corrections earlier this with this film, I almost feel like it was a little too much. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 there's times when this film definitely feels like the third act and the, you know, Snyder-Superman trilogy, as you kind of described it, 
but overall, I don't. It 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 it, it in the back of my head, it just kind of feels out of place mm-hmm. at times. Like the stuff in Iceland of Aquaman and Bruce feels in place, but then other little scenes would just come around where I'm like, uh, I'm not sure. That's that's a me thing, probably. So. I don't know. So I think that thing that covers all of my negatives and middle of the road issues. Uh, I, I didn't know if you had any other any negatives or middle of the road stuff that was different than mine. I mean, no, nothing that I didn't poke in on. The pacing, okay. the fact that okay. I, fifteen minutes could have helped the film a lot, and not and Cyborg was the only character I felt that wasn't really handled that well. Gotcha. So we can move on to positives. Let's move on to positives. Get in the land of positivity. Because even though I have issues with the film, I don't hate the film. There's still lots of things I, I like with Steve. I popped for. I thought it was very well done. So let's just jump right into that. Uh, again, let me lead this in by outright saying that I have not seen any other superhero film that made me pop as much as Justice League did. Like, holy shit, every fucking, fucking Batman just being in the reflection of a window is that, that dude is stealing stuff. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Fucking seeing the entire fucking old war against Steppenwolf, where you actually see Zeus fucking throwing lightning bolts and shit. Awesome. Fucking, I saw a lantern making a construct, and then the ring fly off. I didn't expect that at all. Didn't either. That was awesome. Holy shit. I lost my fucking mind. Um, fucking, I, I, again, this is Wally, not fucking Barry, but I love the Flash in this movie. I think he's fucking great. I smiled every single scene he was in. As, I really like when they first get to the Batcave, <laughs> and he's like zipping around. Like there's a shot of him like sitting in the Batmobile. <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> I, yeah, that was good. Again, that was a well placed joke where it wasn't like ruining a serious scene. Yeah, it was a down moment. So um, not a downer moment, just a down moment. So they were able to have fun with that, and that was great. <laughs> totally. Um, the oh my god, I wasn't sh- sure how I felt about Superman getting brought back in the halfway point of the film. You know, going in, I think we all had a slight expectation that, like, that was going to be the finale mm-hmm. with Superman's return. But when they were at, like, the halfway point, they're like, all right, let's bring him back to life right now. I was like, oh, well, I mean, so I guess this won't work, and then he'll show up later. His eyes open, I'm like, oh, what are they going to do with this? And I thought it was handled really well. Surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I, as far as, like, high points of the film... That was definitely probably the highest point for me. Like, just them bringing him back, them... Like, the whole fight scene was super... Fucking phenomenal. (laughs) Was excellent. So excellent. So much so that when, like, Aquaman and um, Wonder Woman are all tied up with him, Barry's gonna run off, and then, like, you see him running around, and then you just see Clark's eyes, like, glance over, and his head starts to turn, and the the, the oh-shit reaction of... (laughs) Of Barry realizing that this man can keep up with him yeah. <laughs> was excellent. That was it's just his eye turning got the biggest pop for me. I yelled in the theater. People, the theater was packed and everyone was fucking reacting to that. Mm-hmm. Um, like your climax, essentially your climax is a few moments after this, but that was my climax basically. And I thought that was also handled where well, where Superman is keeping up with him, but Barry's just a little tiny bit faster. Yeah, able to dodge out of the way. And just everything else, like him going toe-to-toe with Wonder Woman, his head butting Oh my god, that was so good. <laughs> like, showing, show like, I thought it handled great. Like, what would happen to these people trying to fight him? And, like, obviously, he's not trying to kill anybody. He's just trying to incapacitate them. Yes, even... 
that's the thing that's always come up, like uh, in Batman Hush. Batman like basically describes like the only reason why I'm a- ever able to stop Clark when he's out of control is that I'm still depending on Clark being a good person at heart, mm-hmm. and that's why that's why the League isn't dead here. Yeah, this film when it came to course corrections, this film was going out of its way to make sure that they made Clark uh, and Superman bet nice, mm-hmm. like way better than they ever had before, which. We've talked before. They did plenty with him before, but I guess not enough for people. So this one, they literally show him carrying a building of people away oh, was... on top of everything else he's doing. On top, I think I, I, that's, why I, that's exactly why I felt like that whole phone thing at the start was there for. Yeah, but it's uh, that killed. Oh yeah, that was one of my negatives was the phone thing. It it yeah, kills yeah, the I entire tone and pace of what Zack Snyder intended for the opening, and that was obviously added by Joss Whedon. Yeah, I didn't care for that. But but my biggest my biggest moment in the entire film <laughs> was a total like. Perfect, like, game. We're talking the third act. Like, this is the third act, like, sequel, a total sequel to Batman Superman. Is this when he sees Batman, flings him to a cop car, is like picking up by the mouth, flying up there, is like, uh, you won't let, you try to kill me, and you. Uh, you won't let me you live, won't let, you won't let me die. You won't let me die. Then he's like, do you bleed? And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I lost my mind. That was so, like, like we, we joke all the time about George Lucas saying, it's like poetry; it rhymes. At least we hope it will. This rhymes. That was one of those moments. Where, like this is this. That's excellent. Yeah, amazing. It was amazing. Perfect. So good. And then just like him just beating the fuck out of him. Oh, it was so yeah. Out. It was so satisfying to see him just fucking grab Batman. And about half the theater also laughed really hard. I did too. When Superman throws Batman, and then there's like a couple moments before you hear a thud. Yeah. <laughs> It was a good, yeah, that was good timing. I want to say that was probably Joss, and honestly, credit words do. If that was Joss, that was a real good addition. Okay, now I remembered one. The, one of the Joss lines for me was when, uh, you know, him and Lois go off, and then Batman's like, uh, something's bleeding. Yeah, that was definitely Joss Whedon. That felt, that was one of those moments of a Joss line, like, uh... Yeah, it got an eh for me. It wasn't offensive, but... No, no, it wasn't offensive, but it, that was one of those Josh moments. Sorry, Josh. Josh. Josh Whedon. Oh, is that an H? <laughs> My mistake. It's fine. It's because you want to but... give him a, a, a real name. <laughs> no more <laughs> Josh We Done, as in oh. We Done With You. Oh! Oh! Hickory Dickory oh, Duck! Snip. Fuck you, Josh Whedon. <laughs> um, Dice Clay would, like, kick sand in Josh Whedon's face on the beach. For sure. Uh, as he walked by with like some women that Joss was trying to hit on because he's a male feminist. Yes, um, <laughs> I I think that the solution of the nightmare and what Flash was trying to tell Batman was Lois being the key. Batman hearing that from Future Flash is why he brings Lois as being the key. I think the nightmare was a future where bringing Superman back didn't work yeah. because he didn't understand that Lois was that important, because he didn't humanize Superman prior to that. Mm-hmm. And that's why Lois is the big, the big, big guns. Yeah, bring the big guns. Yeah. I was, I was half expecting Captain moment. Marvel. <laughs> that, I mean, Steve, I would have, I, my boner could only be contained by so much pants. Um, I, I like the, I fucking adore the he's more human than me monologue. Mm-hmm. I fuck. I was just geeking the shit out during that whole thing. Just like, uh, what do you mean, sir? Um, fucking he. He's this alien with all this power, but he was he was raised by his family. He lived in Kansas. He fell in love. 
He had friends. He had a job. Uh, I'm a monster. Yeah, again, that's a that, that's a all that third act like it's continuing to build off of Batman Superman. That's that's what killed me when we talk about Batman Superman. So many people hating the movie. It's like you don't get it, especially because people were bitching about like a lot of the ending of Man of Steel that they didn't like touch upon any of the destruction stuff and i was screaming like fucking wait for the next movie i think that's very clearly what they're gonna do and guess what they did and a lot of the people that hated that stuff of man of steel were self-aware enough to say hey at least they addressed all this so yeah. i don't understand the people that were so pissed off at batman superman without understanding that there was probably a plan to address this shit mm-hmm. but whatever we're here now yeah <laughs> That was his whole ending. It's like, yeah, Superman's death created more hope in him. And it's just, yeah, that, that whole monologue you just talked about, that was excellent. Loved it. Um, I like the scenes with Superman and Lois. I like their dialogue. I like him slowly remembering. I like how fucking beefcake Henry Cavill was as he was shirtless. Yeah, shredded man. Oh, fucking sexist, just sexualizing men. Although his suit does have some padding in it. I don't know why. Yeah, it's weird because he doesn't need it. No, he doesn't oh, whatever. need it at all. Whatever. Um, yeah, the minor thing. Yeah. Um, before I move on in terms of plot, can we take a moment to just appreciate what we have with Jeremy Irons as Alfred? Because mm-hmm. I love him. I wish I had a Jeremy Irons Alfred in my house all the time. <laughs> he is so goddamn snarky. No other Alfred has back-talked and shit-talked Bruce prior to this Alfred, and I love it. Uh, Michael Caine did a little a bit. A little bit! A little bit, but fucking Jeremy Irons... Jeremy Irons and Bruce feels so much more like a lifelong friendship. Mm. Whereas, like, all... Even Michael Caine, to a degree, felt like he was still a servant, to a degree. Yeah, Uh, that's fair. Whereas, like... I mean, like, there's the the shot in Batman Superman when Bruce is bringing Alfred coffee. I never saw any of that with Bale and Michael Caine. You know what I mean? And, oh my god, just fucking... It looks like you have a date. At least someone around here finally does. <laughs> Such a low volume line. But amazing. I fucking love Jeremy Irons. Um, and then moving on in the story itself. I I like... It's, it's CG heavy, but I kind of expected that because there's a bunch of fucking rock tendrils destroying the landscape and an army mm-hmm. of fucking insect aliens. So, yeah, yes, it's CG heavy, and that's a criticism, but in the same sense, I don't know what I would expect otherwise. I, I expect to be CG heavy. Like I said, it just needed more rendered. Yeah, and that's totally, yeah, that's totally fair. Um, but I like, yeah, that, that's really but cool. I like the ending sequence a lot. I do too. I like everyone. It's paced doing well. Their part. Yeah, everyone's doing the part. Everyone has a part. I like that Batman's calling the shots, and then they ignore him. Because <laughs> Wonder Woman is way more of an actual leader. Mm-hmm. Um,. I like everyone's plan. I like that Barry's like, Barry has shit to do. I like the cyborg has shit to do. It's it's really good. I, there's a really really good team d- dynamic with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, before we get to the ending, I did. I love the fact that we got ten seconds of Mira and she was wicked and looked fucking so beautiful. And she did water. Yeah, I water was, was kind of confused. I was kind of confused by this segment because I thought the I first thing we know about Aquaman. I thought uh, everyone. Uh, sorry. Everything I felt like we knew about Aquaman was that it was more of a prequel to why he left Atlantis. It's apparently going to be half and half. Okay, because I was like, it felt very much like she didn't know who he was, and they didn't have, like, a relationship. Yes, this was definitely, this is definitely pre-relationship Arthur and Mira. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fine, because that means we get to see them fall in love in Aquaman. 
I can't wait. I can't wait. It's gonna be so cute, and we're gonna have sexy sex because they are both very attractive people. Good old Amber Heard, oh, yeah, with red hair. Just don't let her. Don't let her marry you. She'll she'll say you abused her and then take all your money. Stay away, Brian Fraser. Stay away, Johnny Depp. We all make mistakes. It's okay. It's okay. Like you working with Tim Burton. <laughs> um. But yeah, I just wanted to mention Mira. Yeah, I all, I expected her to just be a 10 second cameo, and she was, but she didn't feel like out of place, she didn't feel tacked on, it felt natural why she was there. Just mm-hmm. like the Amazons, which I also love that fucking sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a good one. Also, Patty made that huge black Amazon Artemis in Wonder Woman, but this film had like a redhead chick that had a bow and arrow that was really good with it, and I just felt like, I think she's actually Artemis? That's what she was credited with in the in the credits of the film. Yeah, there's two Artemises. Well, you know the you know, small casting change. Yeah, whatever. There's there's two there's two devastators. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Is this this is just devastator all over again? Yeah, same thing. It's okay. Um, and um, what did you think of Steppenwolf? Here's here's Steppenwolf. Is he a great villain in terms of motivation characterization? No. However. I don't understand why everyone is picking on him so specifically of being a bad villain in a superhero film when he is in the film a lot. He is consistently the threat and he is firmly established as being able to take on all of these fucking heroes at the same time. So there is weight to the fact that these guys are trying to stop him on why they need to bring back Superman. So is he a great villain? No, but is he like one of the worst comic books villains ever? I don't agree with that. I think he is fine. Yeah. I think he is serviceable. He has simple motivations, but they're clear-cut. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's outcasted and he, because he fucking retreated, so Darkseid was saying, go fuck yourself, and now he wants to redeem himself, and when he takes over Earth, he can go back home to Apocalypse. Yep. The end. It's, not, it's yep. not deep. There's no layers, but you know what? That is way better than at least half of the MCU fucking villains. I agree. That's my thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a pretty simple bad guy. Yeah. Who's this there as a means to... Yeah, is he simple? Absolutely. Is that a negative? I don't think so. I thought it worked. I thought it was fine. I mean, sure, we could have big, expansive, deep emotional villains. Or sometimes you just have a, a bad guy who's purely there, which the film kind of suffered from, which people have talked about being cut, like a lot of stuff further establishing dark side and apocalypse and stuff. But he's clearly there to build something bigger, and he's purely there just to get the team to get together. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with just having this weird kind of almost Shakespearean like, which I liked. I like like they maintained a lot of the Kirby esque nature yes. of the old god of the sorry, the old gods, the new gods and the fourth world stuff. I mean, we get the drop of the new gods, we get drop of Dark Side. I think that, that far as like the script and his monologuing is close, you know, was pretty close. Yeah. Uh, even though even though his appearance wasn't on point yeah but as far as that stuff i thought that was fine i don't like i i don't think he's a negative i, I you know he's, he's fine yeah exactly I yeah he, he he felt imposing enough he felt thre- formidable enough to where it did take everyone's teamwork and working together to defeat him similar to uh doomsday and batman v superman mm-hmm. and even then by the end he wasn't even like killed he was just uh mother boxed back to i assume apocalypse yeah they didn't kill him uh, another pro that these movies seem to be having over marvel yeah, for sure. They keep their people around, which I guess since we've kind of covered most of the film, we can talk about the two PS. Oh, um, 
what else was like there there was something I specifically want to say about positives that I can't remember right now. But I just as a a firm statement, I love the entire ending final fight scene, the whole climax. I love Flash Superman saving people and then coming back to help kick some more ass. Great. Mm-hmm. And I like at the end of the film where it's just like everyone We see his freeze breath we just see freeze breath on the axe, and I, but I, when I came to the end of the film, I like how everyone's going back to normal, going back to being good. Like starts with uh, uh, Lois Lane going up, start t- writing again. Yep. It's it's got Superman running off, changing, got Batman, Gotham, everyone starting the league. Her- 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 yeah, exactly. Her- and uh, Barry's like, I'm gonna be a criminal scientist. Like everyone's actually progressing as characters and actually becoming something because of their. But also feeling like an ending to this three-act story. Yes. This feels like this is the end, question mark. You know? We're back into... We're, we're now in the world of heroes. Yes. Which is what we... Which was kicked off by Man of Steel and where we are at yes. now. Yes. Um, uh, before you say what you were going to say... Sure. My One of my negatives was that the score is extremely forgettable. Yeah, Danny Elfman's score, just like, uh, it's something, something, something... Here's a little Here's illusion. three seconds to my Batman theme. Yeah. I really, I really didn't think it was very good. No. It was very forgettable, very just whatever. I don't know why we couldn't keep Junkie XL on this. Yeah, at least keep... Hans- I mean, I- uh, Zimmer didn't sorry. want to do any more superhero movies. Yeah, That's I fine. Say, I would say Hans Zimmer, but I was going to say, yeah, he didn't want to do But it. you know what? If Joss, if you fucking want Elfman on, fine. Have him compose with Junkie. So at least we get yeah. one, like half of the composers of the previous film back. At least, at least with Junkie XL, I can, I'd feel confident enough that we'd get a lot more sampling of Hans Zimmer's scores. Yes. Because man, I, I felt it felt like, it's a little negative. It, I, I really kind of almost got, got that territory of groaning when, like the old um, uh, John Williams Superman scores playing with Superman yeah. flying through and stuff. It's like. Uh, I will. I groaned, but I will at least give some slight credit that he did it very minimally. I was really afraid that it was going to straight up be the fucking John Williams score, <laughs> like as soon as he shows up to fight Steppenwolf. Yeah, but the sheer amount that he kept going back to his '89. Oh, like once meeting Gordon, fine, but then it happened two more times. Yeah, when he's like in the Batmobile and all this other stuff, it's like, oh come That's, on, this is can not stop, that bad. Stop blowing yourself. No, no shit. I don't know. It was, uh, that was that was lame. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. What were you gonna say? Oh, well, there, yeah, the post credit scenes. Yeah, I was gonna go on the two post credit scenes. I absolutely adored the first one, which was between the Flash and Superman. It was a. It was a, these are like those are two of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, uh, period. The Flash, Superman, fucking love them. So it's basically like, hey, Steve, here's two of your favorite characters being best friends in live action. You're welcome. And I was like, thanks. It was cute. They had good banter, and then it was going to be a race, and you get that one fucking shot. That's very that's straight out of the fucking comic book of Flash and Superman. I can't wait for that to come out on Blu-ray, so I can freeze frame that and make that like my Facebook background or something. Yeah. So yeah, I love that one. That that was my big pop. But you, my biggest thing was the final PS. Mm-hmm. Not only did we get more Lex, which is excellent, that the whole break out of prison sequence. Yeah. But, oh, okay, like, for me, it almost felt like who directed... I think this is one of those cases where this was definitely Snyder directed this, but I, I feel like for sure. Because mm-hmm. it almost felt like I like this like the last like minute of the film, like, you know, this PS last minute of the actual, you know, end of the film, 
turn into Michael Mann mode, where it's like speedboat in a harbor. It's very dusky. You see this like guy with bandana and swords taking a speedboat up to this other big like big yacht, and I'm like, oh Jesus, they're doing it. They're doing it. And then you see him walking up. It's like it's Deathstroke. Fuck yeah. It's fucking Deathstroke, and he's talking. To, and then boom, there's Jesse Eisenberg as uh, as Le- as Lex with the sh- being awesome with the shaved like head, always. yeah. And then he takes off the helmet, and boom! Oh, when he took off the Joe helmet, Man- that's when I popped. Yeah, and then and yeah, and then Joe Man Joe Manganiello. I think I got his name. Right. I have such a hard time pronouncing his name. Boom! White hair, beard, eye patch, as Slade Wilson. Yes. I lost my mind because I was so happy that he got he's, he's they're going to keep him playing Deathstroke because I know that was a lot of up up in the air stuff with Batman the, the solo movie and him as Deathstroke I was up I, I was that was awesome and then after that we get the whole then that's the, the time we actually get an actual score from Hans Zimmer get the whole Lex Luthor theme yes. leading out to like the final couple like production studio logos mm-hmm. and he's like uh, you know Lex is like ah they have their league let's start our own league I'm like ah okay sir I'm down let's do this. I, I thought that was really awesome. I, that was way better than what we got in Thor Ragnarok, which was, here's a big ship. That's it. That's it. it which I thought we'd get a little, a little something more. Solomon Grundy won pants, too. God, man, see if Solomon Grundy shows up in these movies. <laughs> I think he would. I think he would fit right fucking in. Oh, totally. Right. Totally would. And we should get James Franco to be Plastic Man. Uh, no, I thought, no, isn't Matthew McConaughey still signed on to do something at some point? I think so. Or is that just, is that still a rumor? That's probably a rumor, but who fucking knows? I think at the time I said he should play Booster Gold. Yeah, yeah. I forgot, that was like a year ago we talked yeah, about that. I remember that, but James you're right. James Franco is Plastic I th- Man. I, I just see the smile. I see the smile yeah. and I see Plastic Man. Just with the goggles and Yeah, everything. that's... As long as he wears the goggles 24-7. Yes. I agree. I'd be down with um... That. But yeah. So yeah, I look I I hope this movie does well financially. I hope that they don't get too afraid and like some people say you got to soft reboot, you got to soft reboot it. You know, I know that's going to be a while before we get another Justice League. I get that. I get that we're going to have like 4 years of like solo movies and that's fine. But I want a continuation. I want this world to continue. I want these characters to continue. I want to see Lex and Deathstroke's Legion of Doom, or if they call it the Injustice League or whatever, you know? Or Legion of Supervillains, or Injustice League, or whatever they want to go with. Uh, Lex and his amazing friends. <laughs> They're going to steal 40 cakes. <laughs> That's going to be terrible. Uh, According to Rotten Tomatoes, it will be. But I want, I want to see that, because I was very happy with this. This film wasn't perfect um <coughs> um spoilers it is going to have a lower star rating than batman v superman but it's also such a different film that i don't know which film i enjoy watching more yet mm-hmm. um i need to i will need to own justice league and watch it a couple more times before i firmly cement where i would place it you know what i mean i can kind of place it i uh even after the one viewing i know it's uh, batman v superman is still the best dc cinematic universe film it, i'm i I'm leaning towards saying that it's first place Batman v Superman, second place Justice League. Because Man of Steel, I think Man of Steel is still a better movie than Justice I, League. Actually, I'll give you I'll give you my breakdown real quick. Uh Batman v Superman, Man of Steel. Uh, rewatching Wonder Woman, I just don't like the plot or Act Three that much. So Justice League I is, need to rewatch Wonder Woman. So Wonder Woman's still middling with 
middling. Uh, I'd probably put Justice League above Wonder Woman and then Suicide Squad. The yeah, bottom. Suicide Squad is definitely at the bottom. Yeah, as, as of right now, I'd be willing to say Batman v Superman is first, then Justice League, then Man of Steel, then Wonder Woman, and then a few notches, and then Suicide Squad. And I still have fun with Suicide Squad, but it is not, like, neck and neck in quality with Wonder Woman. I don't want people to misunderstand my list. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I might sit down and have more time to digest Justice League. It, I might tie it with Batman v Superman. I, it, will, it won't surpass Batman v Superman, but it may be tied for first place. Yeah, I'm not sure if time will do... For me personally, I'm not sure if time will do this film any, any anything for me. Like, we get to my star rating... My star rating might seem really strange, but it's like the the most true gut like feeling I can have for hey, this film. You just gotta go with your gut. Say that I do. So let's just do star rating. And, and I will say, definitely recommended this film. I, I recommend super it. recommend Please, it. Uh, at minimum matinee. Check it out. Uh, I'm sure you can. I think d- don't see it on IMAX. I saw it in um, Cinemark's XD, which was oh yeah, I remember that getting advertised. <laughs> oh my when we saw Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> It was the only film I've ever seen in XD, and it was... The 3D was actually good. Like, at no point was it distracting. It was very well done. But I never need to see that again in 3D. Yeah, I just think... Uh, I definitely am going to see the, the film ha- again in theaters, though. The half-baked nature of the film, I I, I would not recommend IMAX. No. See it, see it in, like, uh... Wait, like, two weeks and see it in your smallest theater. Mm-hmm. I think that would I think that would help the film. Yeah. Like, honestly, legitimately. Because I think at that point, you're not going to pick up on some of the half-finished effects that much. Yeah. It might do some... It might help the film. So, do that. <laughs> I do recommend the film. I do recommend the film. So, let's get into star rating, Steve, so we can wrap this puppy up. Oh. Uh, what would you give uh, Justice I League? give it a four and a half. Wow, that's, that's pretty high. I really, really enjoyed the film. And, as I've said, my star ratings are always based on my enjoyment of a film. Yeah, uh, when it comes to my star rating, it, it's it's similar. Like I might rank this film differently. Like I was said, like if I have above some stuff, but as far as my pure enjoyment of the films, like I had to go back. I remember I gave uh, Suicide Squad four stars, and I gave Wonder Woman four stars. Uh, four, sorry, four. Uh, I gave Wonder Woman four stars, and my gut coming out of this film told me that this was a three and a half star movie. Okay. I will say, like I said, I enjoy the big moments, like we talked about the big moments, but overall is the entire viewing experience, and I talked about this when it came to like the, the tone of the film and some of the humor of the film, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't in the realm of where I wanted it to be for the third act. There's like, there's like, there's ton, there's probably 75% of the film, maybe 60-75, it's probably there, of what I want it to be, but it's that, it's that outlying bits that just... Uh, Kept me from leaving the theater, like like the feeling the way I felt when I left Batman v Superman, feeling feeling the way I felt when I left other films too, like Blade Blade Runner and stuff, where I'm just like glowing, like I just saw something incredible and I loved it. And that and so like when I say three and a half, like you can compare it to other films again, three and a half, like maybe it's a very very strong three and a half, where it's like there's just those little little things that just didn't didn't work out for me. So uh, don't fine. take that as a major major negative. That's just I like we say we go off enjoyment factor, and, gut feeling. And I will say to people, I, I pers I left this film glowing. I really did. I was hyped. Fine. I was happy. I was very pleased with this film. There are criticisms to be had with it. I'm not again. 
Over time, I may think, I may rank this as number one tied with Batman v Superman, but it's still a four and a half, whereas I rank Batman v Superman a five. Batman v Superman is fucking art. That is the godfather of superhero movies. Justice League is a very enjoyable, fun movie. With themes, it has themes, it has symbolism, it's not just a fucking Saturday morning cartoon. Don't misunderstand me. But it is the Return of the Jedi of the DC Cinematic Universe. Yes, and Return of the Jedi was my favorite Star Wars movie. So, and depending <laughs> on how you feel Return of the Jedi, you'll you'll know. There's no that. there's you'll no Ewoks this. in this though. There are no Ewoks. There are just parody images. <laughs> just the same thing. Oh, I really appreciate that Batman just left that dude tied up on the roof. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> fuck. Nightwing will get him. Oh, fuck yeah, he will. Oh yeah, oh, okay. Gordon, uh, you're working with people again. Boom, Bat Family. Confirmed. Confirmed. Gonna happen. Cannon. Can't wait, guys. Well, what I can't wait for is you to email us at moviefilms at billandsteve.gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about Justice League. I'm hearing a lot of positive things coming out of that, so that's good. I'm glad people are having a good time, at least. I don't want people, even though, you know, we love these a lot of these films. A lot of people have not liked them, so I hope, I'm glad they're seeing films they like. I hope, I'm glad people are having a good time. You can also find us on uh, moviefilmsatbillandsteve.com. All the episodes are listed there. You can see all the other DC cucks decucked films uh, you know Green Lantern Jonah Hex Constantine we're going into December you don't know what we got going on there we're going to surprise you folks with our Christmas theme it's going to be amazing and you can also find us at Facebook uh, like uh, that we never miss an update I don't know how the fuck that shit works leave a comment tell us where you came from we're taking suggestions for next year find us on iTunes leave a five star review let us know your favorite line uh, from Justice League, mine was "Do you bleed?" and that maniacal, like, angry face on Superman was just oh, that excellent. maniacal face, Jesus Christ, <laughs> was excellent, was excellent, so good. And of course, you can find us on Stitcher, the website, and the mobile app. And I am always on Twitter at Level Bill. And of course, film. Oh yeah, of course, films. Of course, folks, you can check out my films, <laughs> uh, SilverSpotlightFilms.com, Facebook.com/slash SilverSpotlightFilms. And if you want to see me be a superhero, uh, Facebook.com/slash The Amazing Spider Steve. Well, as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. And I'm a big fan of justice. I pop for that.